What's up, everybody? Welcome to the View from Jamestown podcast edition. Uh, got a few very special guests this afternoon, so we're, we're excited to get going. Um, I have Jan Secker, president and CEO of Perstorp, and I also have Nick Roach, CEO of The Chemical Company. Um, my name is Ben Sawicki, um, kind of your moderator and marketing manager for The Chemical Company. Um, maybe Jan, if you want to get started, just a little uh, introduction about yourself and a little background on, on Perstorp, maybe if anybody isn't familiar. Sure. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Nick. Uh, great to, to, to have me here. I really appreciate that. Uh, yeah, Swedish by origin. We, uh, Perstorp is a Swedish company, 137 years old. That's the company, not me. Uh, I've been with the company for about four and a half years, but uh, like I said, uh, Swedish by origin, living in Switzerland uh, since about uh, 18 years now have uh, started my career in, in a totally different industry, uh, electrical engineering, um, process control, robotics, and, and, and those kind of things. And uh, gradually I ventured over to, to the chemical industry and, and uh, uh, ran uh, different companies in, in that space, an ink company, I've been CEO of Clariant, might be a, a familiar name for some of you listening. And now, like I said, uh, four and a half years uh, with Perstorp. So once again, thanks for having me here. Sure, absolutely. Um, and Nick, maybe yourself, if you want to give a little, little background and introduction on yourself. I know it's the first time we've had Nick on the podcast here, so we're excited. Well, I'm Nick Roach. Uh, I founded the chemical company back in 1990, excuse me, 1988. I've, and uh, I've been running it ever since. Uh, it's much bigger today than I ever imagined. Uh, I've really attracted a wonderful team that supported me and made this company the company that it is today. Uh, I'd say the best thing about the chemical company is the people I work with every day. And I also have the blessings of working with my son every day, who I think does a great job, Rob. Yeah, thanks, Nick. Um, so I think the, the best way to get started, and hopefully we'll just become very conversational, is just discussing uh, the market and things both of you are seeing, um, both in products we're working with together and just kind of what you're seeing in the market based on all the different industries and product lines um, you guys are working in and based in uh, maybe short term in the next couple months, things that you see going on, and then you know, maybe long term, 12, 18, 24 months out, you know, where you see the market going and mm -hmm. transitions and, and strategies you guys are working on. That's a very short, crisp, and simple question <laughs> to answer. <laughs> 30 seconds. Yeah. No, yep. no joking aside. Um, that's, a, that's a mouthful. To, but but if, if we start looking a little bit historically, I think uh, we're coming uh, from a period now where we have had uh, synchronized growth in all three major regions, uh, here in Americas, Europe, and in Asia. If you go back uh, probably three years or so, uh, then we always had a, uh, we come from a situation where we always had one or two of the three regions pulling and the other one lagging, and and uh, now we've had a, a rather unique situation where actually all three have had a rather stable, not overheated, but rather stable growth situation, which I think has has really helped to calm down the markets, and we've had seen a, a pretty healthy, steady growth pattern in in all the regions, and that. That's been very uh, reassuring, I would say, and uh, probably had contributed to that. I think um, we are now into the second longest expansion period uh, as an economy 
since the Second World War. So, I mean, it, we, we have had a good period, there's no doubt about that, be, behind us. 2017 uh, definitely sort of goes in that direction as well. I think m many uh, chemical companies and the market as such actually enjoyed a, a good condition. And um, when I speak for, for, for my own company, the Pastorp, we, we see the same thing. We actually had a very healthy 12% organic volume-based sales growth in, in 2017 and hit a record in terms of the bottom line performance. So, so very happy about that. And that's, a, I think, is, is a good reflection of where we're coming from uh, as a market. So, and I've just spent uh, the last couple of, uh, well, this week now traveling in, in the U.S., meeting customers and, 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 and various partners and uh, ending up with uh, on, on a high being here at, at TCC, and, and, um, and which is a real treat, especially as I'm a sailor and come here every so often, uh, visiting friends and, and, and enjoying sailing, and then being in Jamestown on business is, is, is a real treat. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and, and here, I think our relationship with TCC is also a very good uh, symbol of, of the growth that we see in, in the market, and particularly here in, in North America. I mean, you go back 10 years ago, and the, the whole chemical industry was really put in question in, in, in terms of where it's going in North America. And, and who would have thought that we would have that, that expansion and, and that, that, uh, that healthy growth? I mean, you stand up, stood up in a, in a conference 10 years ago and said that we, you know, we're going to see billions and billions of investments in the chemicals in industry, people would have carried you out and taken you to a mental hospital or something, uh, and and look where we are now. So so the the whole the whole notion of of, of fracking and, and shale gas and oil has really put a revival into to the North American chemical industry as such, which we obviously are very much uh, welcome. So I was a, a sort of a tour on, on that. Nick, you I'm sure you want to comment on this, and then perhaps we can take more of a forward looking uh, sure. view from there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I've, I've seen it has been a very good economy in the chemical industry for probably the last dozen years. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, our relationship over the last, I'd say, five years has grown well with your company. And uh, a lot of that has to do with one of the things that we don't talk about often enough in the industry is trust and relationships. And when you have the relationship where you feel that you trust your partner, they trust you, and that you're mutually trying to benefit both companies, and also the customer. This is not. This is a team game. Uh, no, no different than soccer or football. You know, everybody has to benefit, and that's what I've seen with our relationship. We're working hard to benefit everybody. I think that's a, a super interesting comment, actually, because, like I said, I, I do not come uh, from the uh, from the chemical industry. I come from a different uh, uh, industry as such, and and it, it's interesting to see um, the, the interrelationships that we have in the chemical industry with each other. We're, we're competitors. We supply to each other, and we buy from each other in 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 a in a, in a wonderful mishmash, so to speak, which which I think brings exactly that point that that. It, it is built on trust. It's built on, on a mutual relationship and, and dependency on each other. And, and hence, you have uh, much more of a collaborative type of approach rather than 
in always an adversarial or competitive approach, so to speak, generally speaking. So, and I can only echo what you say about our relationship between the two companies. I'm, like I said, I'm relatively new into the company, and 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 also we've only met a few times. But it, it, in a very short period of time, I've picked up the almost like a family uh, type of relationship, uh, very collaborative, very trust uh, based on trust and trustworthy, so to speak. So, which I very much welcome and and and, and enjoy. I, I think that Europe and America are the examples to, world, to the world on how to conduct business and, and that business is built on trust mm. and that the fact that you live up to your word and your, to your commitments. Mm. It's not all about, you can't just buy chemicals on a spot basis and continue your operation. You have to have trust that your supply line is there mm. and they are long term. You know, your plant has to have products show up on time. Your plant has to be operating efficiently with a good quality product. And you have to trust your partner for that. And it's often lost in the price negotiations that uh, this is the essence of the business. The essence of the business is to keep your plant running, keep it running efficiently, and keep it running at competitive rates. Yeah, I know. I, I agree. You know, that's... Uh, it, it, something that we beginning we, we're starting to talk about in in the industry and also in in in, in our company in Pearstorp is digital transformation. I mean, there's a lot about uh, how is digital going to transform uh, the world, for sure, and also our industry. And I mean, we, it's probably true to say that we're a bit of a lagger as an industry as such of how we are adopting to 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 the new trends, etc. And that's going to be super interesting to see how we can combine the two. So where does the trust factor and the human factor, the relationship come in when you, when you automate and digitalize a lot of your processes and transactions? And we talk about seamless experiences and transacting with our customers, fully automated, et cetera. And, and where does the comment and, 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 the, and the, the trust then come in as you speak about, Nick? I think that's, uh, that's going to probably uh, you know, weed out uh, the winners and the, and, and, uh, the losers in, the, in that sense. Because I, I think there is an ele element of, of when, you, when you manage to combine the two mm -hmm. in, in a good symbiosis, that's when you're a real winner. Well, I mean, uh, automation has changed industry in my lifetime. Uh, I remember coming into Gulf Oil when I first started and seeing a room full of 100 clerks mm. just doing what one computer is doing today. I mean, and we're going to see change, change that's going to be some accept, accepted and others it's going to be accepted as negative. Uh, but uh, long term, I think the world is going to be better off for it and that uh, we'll be building homes cheaper, we'll be building products cheaper, and that seems what automation has done for us. Uh, I've sold chemistry that I sold 25, 30 years ago. The price is just about the same today. Mm. That would be impossible without automation. And everything from a dishwasher to a car would cost more today if that hadn't happened. Mm. And so the chemical industry has done a very responsible job of keeping costs down. And we appreciate that, but uh, there does there is a bottom line, and uh, there these are commodities, and 
companies don't exist if they don't make profits. And that's one thing we always have to keep in mind in negotiations, that we have to be fair and that we want that supplier there for the long term, not for the short term. It's not spot, it's long term. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And if we talk about long term, another topic that uh, that is hard to avoid in a conversation like this is sustainability as well. I think uh, these are two the two topics: uh, digitalization and sustainability. That that I think sort of cuts across, regardless of where you are in the value chain. And and and, but you 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 got to have uh, I think uh, both a, a clear view and a strategy for for. Uh, how you how you will implement and how you let that influence and drive your strategy going forward, and that's um, something that we also work with. And, and I, I sit on the board of CEFIC, the the the, um, uh, the uh, European equivalent of ACC, which is the, the industry organization, and and we talk a, a lot about that. And I also see I also see a lot of very, very good examples uh, being developed uh, and, and grow out of, of the various companies now in, in, in terms of how we deal with sustainability. And I think ultimately we, we have a bit of an image uh, issue as an industry. Uh, a lot of people that, that when they hear uh, you work for a chemical company, oh, is sort of the reaction. And, um, and I think that's something that we, we need to work with, both at a, at a pure factual level, what do we actually do in terms of reducing the, the carbon footprint, the use of energy, the use of water, how we use more renewable uh, raw materials rather than fossil, uh, et cetera. Um, but at the same token, it's also an emotional issue. I mean, in, in our relationship, uh, is really evolving around plasticizers. And I mean, just look at uh, th th that whole debate, which is partially, absolutely factual driven, but a lot of it is of, of it is also emotionally driven. And I think we, as a company, as an industry, we tend to meet uh, arguments only at a rational and factual level. And sometimes you actually need to meet it at an emotional level as well, which I don't think we're that good at. People don't realize that. Our life is surrounded by chemistry. And this is a wonderful time of year to experience chemistry. As you watch flowers grow, as you watch leaves come to blossom, I mean, all these things are chemistry. And they are actually keyed by light. And it's a really amazing moment. But at the end of the season, the leaves die, and you have a waste product. I mean, and this is a cycle we have to become part of. It's a cycle that's sustainable and it's fine. And we, no one gets upset about this cycle. We've lived with it all our lives. And it's, once we fit in, we will be fine. And I have lived in this industry now for 50 years. And I have watched it improve. And it has, all 50 years, it's gotten better. I remember watching the color of the river change as they use different dyes. I remember people just dumping stuff. I remember how bad it was. And yes, we were irresponsible, but that's not the industry today. And people are very responsible in this industry and do care. And I see this probably one of the biggest changes in the future of this industry. We're gonna be a big part of, as nature is a big part, of sustaining your quality of life. 
I think you, you both bring up a good point and kind of a, a big topic I'd like to bring up and maybe go a little bit deeper in on is that idea of sustainability and, and corporate responsibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe more on, on an individual company level, you know, from both Nick uh, and Jan, you know, what are, what are your companies doing and focusing on at a company level um, for your own corporate responsibility and sustainability? Should I go first? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, happy to do that. Um, yeah, it started the big picture. Uh, we've actually, uh, if I look at where we were a couple of years ago, we were sort of it, it, we're fumbling a bit with, with the topic as such. It's a big topic, and, and how do you get your arms around it? Pairstorp is, in chemical terms, it's a small company. It's about a billion and a half turnover. Uh, we have 10 plants around the world, uh, headquartered in Sweden, like I said. But, but, uh, so in chemical terms, that's a relatively small company. And, and uh, how, how do you come to grips with all the various aspects and, and dimensions of, of, of this topic? And, and we've spent uh, quite a bit of time over the last couple of years to really try to dissect that and, and, and focus what does it mean for us. And uh, the Paris Accord and the, and the conference and, and the, the outcome of the, of the strategic development goals that, that were set there, the 17 SDGs as they're called, and, and, uh, was a help for us. And we, we sat down with that and I said, okay, can we really grasp all of these 17? No, we cannot that was quite quickly we came to the conclusion we got to make be a bit more selective and we've selected six of the, of those 17 that we think are make more sense for us and are more directly within our area and where we really can uh, impact and, and make a difference and, and based on that we have then uh, taken that one step further which is a rather bold statement but uh, I, I really stand by it and, and that's where we, we say now that we should be finite material neutral by 2030 so what that really means is that we should not take more out from mother nature than what we give back or base on, on, on recycled material etc and um, do I know exactly how we're going to get there no I don't <laughs> Uh, do I believe that we can get there? Yeah, I do, uh, if, if we just put our mind to it and make that a priority. So now when we look at strategies, uh, should we build a plant, should we invest in this technology, or should we not, then you, you can start looking at, do we get closer or further away from that goal? And that's, that's how we use it. And whether it is 2030 or 2032 or 2035, that's not the point. But it's setting the beacon out there and saying that's the direction that we're going. So that's at a high level what we're doing. And um, short term, uh, we've uh, just launched here in November last year at China Coat a couple of new products in our polyol uh, family and polyol product line that are renewable based. Uh, that we had some already before, but now we've added a few more. Uh, so that we are, our entire product suite and, and, and or polyols now are available based on renewable alternatives rather than fossil based. Yeah, that's amazing. Mm. Uh, Nick, maybe you want to speak towards the TCC side, things we're working on internally? Well, I, th- I think one of the things that uh, both our companies have been really good at is the government is mandating change and coming up with new regulation. It's always easy to take the attitude, a negative attitude towards new regulation, but our companies have embraced this change and are embracing these regulations and living by these regulations and helping the government to implement these regulations and to make sure that we all benefit from them. And it's a learning process. It's a learning process for the government. It's a learning process for us. But you don't fight change. You embrace it. And uh, as 
this comes along and as we change, uh, hopefully it'll all have a synergy and benefit the people of these world. Absolutely. It sounds like both companies are working on some some pretty great stuff and have some pretty great goals. So it's, it's good to hear. Absolutely. Um, I'd like to maybe go a little bit deeper in um, TCC and Perstorp's relationship um, along the plasticizer product line. Um, I know it's a big focus for TCC and, and the Perstorp partnership. Um, where, where do you see the plasticizer market maybe heading? Where has it gone in recent times? And um, how do you see kind of that industry maybe shifting or changing or, or where do you see it heading? Well, I, actually, forecasts, as far as I'm concerned, are very difficult. And, uh, you know, it's, what changes government regulation, what changes is uh, personal uh, taste, what changes is what automobile regulation. All these things change the demand. And, you know, it's a, it's a forever moving target. And uh, to sit here and have absolutes about what going to be in the for, for future of plasticizers is really kind of impossible and you know we really have to say we're kind of BS artists if we come up and just say absolutes and everything else. I've heard people on the radio do it all the time and it's just it kind of sometimes makes me laugh if you listen to the people announcers on the NFL t network talking about the future of football and what's going to happen and then you see what happens in six months or a year and and it just doesn't even come close. So fortunately, everybody forgets what you say. So I, I, I think the plastic industry is going to grow, and I hope you forget what I said. <laughs> this is being recorded, Nick. Don't forget that. This is technology 2018, you know. And will be duplicated out there in the, in, in, in the um, in, in this uh, world. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's super hard to, to really uh, to, to predict, and particularly in, 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 at any kind of accuracy as such. But I think the general trend is something that is quite visible. And, and I mean, we saw the <clears throat> the move with DOP being banned in Europe. Uh, we see that there are there are moves on other plasticizers now that are, initiatives are being taken in certain countries that then puts the EU uh, machinery sort of start chewing along on to, in terms of what is the next possible step in terms of added regulations around some of the technologies. So I think the the, the underlying trend line is there, and that I think is is something that we cannot neglect, but rather embrace, as you say. And, 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 and take that and, and, and take that forward. Uh, we are looking very carefully at, at what we think that will lead to in terms of technology choices. And, and um, the, like I said, if I compare the industry that I came out of with more high tech and, 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 and technology driven, uh, there, you know, it, it, it's gone to the point where you bet your company more or less at every of these strategic. Forks in the road, so to speak. What technology you base your future on? I, I think we're blessed in that sense that we're not quite in the same position as a chemical industry. I think that the shifts are a little bit longer and and, and a bit softer in, in in its nature, so to speak. But ultimately, uh, there there are going to be hard choices for us to make. I think in terms of technologies that we that we're going to um, that we have to choose amongst, and and for sure the the the, the uh, requirements in 
terms of environmental and uh, and also impact on on the uh, for the human body uh, uh, toxicology profile so to speak though they will increase the, the the requirements will increase and and ultimately it is for a better life it's for a better quality of life but we must never forget the point that you made earlier look at all the benefits that we enjoy every single day as a result of chemistry which we very seldom talk about and it's not apparent to to many people that throw themselves into the debate of oh look at this this is dangerous that that etc and and like i said earlier i think it's emotionally driven in many cases and not factual driven but we definitely take the approach that we will uh, drive this this uh, uh, development and not be a lagger or a responder. I think that's a dangerous path for, for any individual company. To. Yeah, I would agree. I think great points from both of you. I think it's it would be incorrect for anyone to say definitely this is what's going to happen. And mm. all I think anybody can do is analyze what's happening and the trends globally and act to the best of you know everyone's abilities. Um, so I think there's great transparency from both not saying, hey, this is what's going to happen but just analyzing what, what's happening today and you know acting on that. So yeah, yeah. I think great points. And it, it will ultimately, what I, it will be very interesting to see what China does. Uh, I mean, we, we haven't really mentioned them too much here yet, but, but I think uh, China and, and their, uh, the stand that they will take, and I mean, it's, it, it's absolutely phenomenal to see what they have achieved over the last 25, 30 years. I mean, the, the economic growth and, and, uh, that they have accomplished, absolutely phenomenal. And now they are clearly seeing that the environmental aspects is, I think, the key issue for them to, to, to maintain the growth pattern that they're on. And typical them, you know, once they decide, once they uh, make it a priority, they make it happen. And, and uh, some of these things, I think, are, are going to be driven just as much out of China over the next five, ten years as from Europe and, and, uh, and uh, North America. Right now, we have people in China, and they're calling on different production facilities Every conversation is about the environment. Hmm. Everybody is talking about what they have to do to improve the environment in China and what they have to do to be in synergy with the government and what the government goals are. Hmm. And uh, I have to admire them uh, for their commitment. Hmm. And this is a huge change. This is such a change that it's impacting the whole chemical industry in the world. I, I, I've said for, for, for a long time, actually, we're going back almost a, a decade now, that, that I think the environmental issue is going to be the key topic for, for the, the leadership, the political leadership in China. Because ultimately, I mean, 1.4 billion people, they brought some 300 million into a purchase parity level into middle class or, or higher. That means that there's about a billion basically knocking on the door saying, when is it my turn? And, and if, if you can't provide a sustainable alternative for them, th that, that's going to lead to, to disrupt, I mean, basically uh, civil unrest in, in the worst case. And you cannot provide that opportunity for them at the cost that it took to get those first 300 million into where they are today. So you simply have to find different means to, to accomplish that. And that's, I think that's why this is such a high priority for, for the political leadership, and, and, and therefore it is going to happen. Absolutely. 
Um, so I do have one more point to bring up, but before I do, I'd like to see if there's anything either of you maybe would like to, to bring up or discuss um, company-related, uh, market-wide related, globally. Um, is there anything kind of on your minds or, or exciting uh, happening on either, either side? No, I think it, we we touched upon uh, several of of the uh, the important and interesting topics, and we have managed to avoid uh, one of them, which is uh, trade wars. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope we continue to avoid it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well said. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah. th- that issue hasn't settled yet, and I I hope sanity prevails. Yeah. Uh, and. Uh, you know, uh, there probably is some reason that uh, Trump has picked this issue, but uh, it probably the repercussions of and the extent of the issue is was not thought out prior to some statements. I think that sanity will prevail, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, I, I would agree with that definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. So as yeah. we maybe wrap things up a little bit, I'd like to get your thoughts on maybe uh, one of the biggest challenges at a company level um, either of you are seeing um, today and as we're kind of getting full swing into 2018 and going through the year, as well as one of the things you're most excited about in um, transitions in business or new new lines or new markets you're expanding into, um, maybe kind of get the 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 worst you could say and the best coming up in in 2018 for both of you i think i'll go first here. sure yeah I, first of all i want to thank first off for the support they've given us and uh the goals that they have want us to achieve and it's our our ambition is to meet those goals and in an ethical and uh with, it, uh, probably in a manner that we don't upset markets uh that's always our goal and uh, build by building relationships and building business. Uh, once again, thank you for the business and the support. I would like to reciprocate that right away, Nick. It, it's, uh, it, it, we th- thanks for spearheading our growth in, in, in North America and in, in the product lines that we're working on, plasticizers in particular. But I think there are a couple of other product lines that we probably could and should uh, take a look at as well. Uh, so and and uh, we um, we invested some 120 million in a new uh, plant uh, dollars that is in, in a new plant here three years ago and and um, uh, where we make those plasticizers and 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 other derivatives and we are very excited about the the the, the possibilities to start penetrating the North American market more uh, at, at a deeper level so to speak we we have about 20% of our business uh, total is in in North America 20% APAC and 60% is in in Europe so we definitely have as a strategic goal to grow uh, disproportionately so to speak outside of, of Europe to get a better balance in that both both in Americas as well as in Asia not only in Asia but um, uh, absolutely not so that that's something that I'm super excited about I'd like to come back to the, the to the uh, environmental polyols that I talked about earlier, the renewable-based uh, products that we're bringing to market. Uh, excited to see the, 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 uh, the interest that that has, has generated. Um, what am I concerned about? Uh, silly additions of capacity in certain parts of the world. Uh, that I, that we have seen over the last decade or so that that disrupts and 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 just causes havoc 
and, and, and disruption in, in, in the marketplace. And I, the, the more we can avoid that and have more steady trajectory and, and some uh, sensible developments on, on both supply and demand side, that I think is healthy for everybody. Well, and thanks again for having me here and for the relationship. Well, thank you. It was a great talk. Yeah, likewise. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks. thanks. Guys. Thank you both. Thank you.